0: Well, welcome to Off Script with Rip. I'm Ryan, and I got my first guest, Gavin Sheets. Gav. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Gavin plays for a team called the Chicago White Sox. If you've ever heard of them, but Gavin and I have a way longer history. Um, it's probably too long. I mean, how would you define our friendship, Gavin?
1: The good, the bad, and the ugly. Right? <laughs> we go. We've been through all the stages of life. Uh, you know, the the lower school stages, our awkward phases uh and and here we are now so full circle
0: full circle Yeah, to to bring people back into what that entails so gavin and i our families have been intertwined since really before we were born before you were born and then we spent a lot of time going through elementary middle school high school for those don't know lower school is elementary school baltimore can be a little bit strange but i'm glad you could define our friendship in that way um I think it took a different level and a positive. I mean, I guess we stayed friends because you put me in your wedding. Right. Um, So that's always exciting. But we've also come a long way. You know, we were talking about this off. We were not the best looking guys at a young age. I mean, we can, I'm going to pull up some photos of you as a kid, but we both rock these vintage bowl cuts.
1: Oh, man. I, you know, you have to question if our parents really liked us when we were little. Oh I mean, God, what yeah. they did to us was, should never happen. To it, any was kids. It, it was tough. It was tough.
0: But, like, I feel like that was a thing in the 90s, early 2000s. You know, I don't know. I looked at the Backstreet Boys for me personally. Yeah. And I thought, you yeah. know what? Nick Carter had that type of look. and I guess my mom thought, tried to emulate <laughs> I guess Nick I Carter. Guess
1: both of them did. Yeah. Mm. You know, I think that's why we had our friendship early is because we just had the bowl cuts we didn't have many other friends so it was like we just got to, we, we found each other like having friendship with ourselves and yeah it's uh i'm glad we got out of that stage mine took a little bit longer than it should have i think yes. you got out of it a little quicker than me but um no i'm glad we we've pushed yeah, we that over you better
0: way. day man you look a lot more groomed you're <laughs> you a married too. man you too yes yeah. yeah! Shout out to Kayla for putting up with you somehow. Somehow. Shout out um, to Jamie for putting shout up out to with Jamie me.
1: for you and yeah. So yeah, somehow we outkicked our coverage and doing all right.
0: Yeah, yeah, for the most part, I think we're, we're started, hanging in. Started there.
1: choppy, but <laughs> yeah. it's all right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's way better now. <laughs> well, you know, so to, to fill back in with everything with Gilman and for people that want to know, that's it was a school that we went. We started at when we were. I mean, I think you started when you were six too, right? Seven. Yeah, first grade. So. I mean, which was crazy for us, and people, if you hear the names, you hear Ripkin, your sheets, you're gonna think about the baseball families. Mm-hmm. But you know, Gavin and I had that experience of not only going through Gilman together, but then we had our dads coach us yeah. in in high school, which I don't know how you felt about it. First off, love your dad. Love Larry. Uh pretty hard on on the boys. Yeah, definitely it's, hard on us. Yeah. But that was I mean, I don't know how you felt. Did you that feel weird at all to you having your dad coach you? Because for me, I felt strange initially, but it, it kind of felt right.
1: Yeah, you know, I, the best thing that happened for me was he came in when I was in eighth grade. So, um, you know, I think he purposely did that where he came in before I was able to be on varsity or anything. And um, so he could kind of take the reins and and coach without having me first, um, which was definitely nice. But, you know, I think for both of us, it was an awesome experience for us. And, and he helped turn around the program, which more than anything was, was really nice for us because they were really bad. Oh, yeah, they weren't good. I yeah. mean, you weren't there for the three and sixteen year. I was. <laughs>
0: that was brutal to yeah. say the least. And actually, you no, know, it's funny, I was thinking about this. Your dad was very chill that first year because I remember him telling me, he's like, Yeah, if we if we do well, that's great. <laughs> but uh, no, you know, if we go out there, we're just about having fun. Yeah. And then we won that year, he came in first year, and and then all the expectations were rising. But it was definitely a unique perspective. I remember a lot of people telling us so much about. They they looked at it in a different light. They looked at it as we had two professionals coaching our team. And I, I don't know about you. I did not really feel about that way. It just felt like those are our dads. And for us, we know how how strict they are and how analytical they are about the game.
1: Yeah, and I think for us, I mean, I feel like they had as much fun with it as we had. You know, it brought them back to their playing days and, you know, being roommates growing, going up through the minors. And, um, you know, it was fun to see – the way they bonded too, just like they were back in a clubhouse. So I think it was as fun for us as it as it was for them. And um yeah, it was never that, you know, you have two pros coaching us. I always felt like it was just, you know, they were they were enjoying it just as much as we were. Um, which I think, you know, everybody felt that and and rallied around it. And that's why we had so much success there.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. I mean that it's just so it's so interesting to me just looking back on it. I guess life we're getting older I'm getting closer to 30. You're approaching that soon. And by the way, 30 is not old. For everyone that's listening, that's for not what 20. I'm saying. But I feel like I'm just getting older because hairline. If you saw pictures <laughs> of us going back to high school, uh, I had the real long shaggy hair, and I felt all, you know, I thought that was a good look, not a good look. If Whoever, if you have kids, don't let them do that. It's a terrible look. <laughs> but now the hairline for me is, is up there. Yeah, you would love a bowl cut now. I would I would endorse it right around there. I mean, I can't even tell you about, well, you know what? We'll save that for the hair products. If you get an endorsement for hair suppliers. This is a good ad. Help me out, please. Um, but that was a lot of fun. So the next thing, like kind of moving forward, and, and Gilman was so much fun. We had the full experience, and it felt like the whole world. And we could go on and on about Gilman. Yeah. But no one no one wants to hear about all the high school stuff. I just remember back when... I went off to college, and the whole mm-hmm. South Carolina experience, for me, as we know, was, didn't go the way I wanted to. And and you had a chance to go to a lot of different schools. Like, yeah. And I remember you were balancing between the really big name schools and the school like Wake Forest. And I can't tell you how happy I was that you chose Wake. Did you ever think that that wasn't going to be the plan? Um. Did you or did you ever have that sensation like I I I I, I took the bait. Yeah. And, and I felt that, okay, big name school and, and it has all the perks.
1: Sure. And I, and I think that, you know, seeing your experience, seeing a bunch of other guys that I play with that have, you know, tough experiences going to the big name school, with the, you know, the top five team in the country. And that's, you know, some of the teams I was looking at were those schools and, you know, it came down to a school like that in wake and, um, you know, seeing the experiences that, that you had, some of the other buddies had and just kind of hearing the horror stories and then seeing the relationship I had with the Wake coaches, it really pushed me that way. And um, still to this day, one of the best decisions I've ever made. And and I certainly wouldn't be in the spot I am now without Wake Forest and, and my experience there.
0: Yeah, I mean, Wake, so It's I think people get lost in this game. And this is kind of like a whole different discussion. I know this is where we're hey we're talking about going a little off script. I think people get so involved with college athletics and their kids, even in high school, getting to the next level. And you think that you need to have them, them go to all the showcases, have them go to this specific school because this is what you, what you look at. And, that, and mm-hmm. people can get caught up in all the – I don't want to say the, the excitement. The, it's not antics, but people don't understand. To, if you have your aspirations to play at the next level and moving forward, you got to have an opportunity. And that's not to shy away from right. competition. But for you coming in, you came into a chance to have an opportunity – but not necessarily you had to go, not that it was given to you, but you had to go and earn it.
1: Yeah. And and I felt like where I was as a high schooler, or, or even coming in as a freshman year, I wasn't ready to, to play at a big school like that. I wasn't ready to come in and and take the reins and compete for a national championship in terms of, and start for a team like that. Because I just, I hadn't developed that way. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't a good enough athlete at the time. And you know, if I didn't have that time at Wake Forest where I was starting my freshman year and, and going through those growing pains and struggling and learning how to struggle. And, you know, if I go to a, a big school and don't get that opportunity until junior year and then I start struggling junior year, you know, it's it's a completely different turnout for me.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, you can't you can't play pro ball. You can't move on to the next level from the bench. You have to get out there and play. And you have to, you know, whether it's D3, D2, D1, teams are going to find you. You know, Major League Scouts have a job of, of finding talent. Yeah, we're going to jump into that in a little bit because I think as we got into pro ball,
0: we realized where so many guys come from. They're, yeah. they're, whether it's you know domestically, internationally, there's so many different avenues to get to this next level. Mm-hmm. But everyone thinks, and that's the part, that I, I, I was naive to it then. Like, And again, us growing up, I don't know how you felt. I mean, I thought it was awesome that we had uh, a parent that played professional sports, but I don't think you understand the concept of how to get there. Right. I think for them you go, "Wow. Oh, that's nice." Oh, my dad played my ba- my dad was a baseball player and we forget about how much effort actually goes into and their paths what they did 30 years ago well, and we also we, we also we also
1: understand how hard it is. Oh. And how God. it's not just I mean, I feel like so many people now high schoolers are are I was never thinking about playing professionally in high school or and, you know until I got to the end of my college career where I felt like I had the ability to. You know, I wasn't playing baseball to to play professionally, yeah. um, and I just feel like so many kids nowadays, starting at 12 years old up, are trying to play professionally right away, and that's that's their main goal and their end goal. And you know, I think we both understood how hard it is, and how there's you know 750 major league baseball players in the world. You know, we got every country playing the sport, and I just feel like there's too much pressure on kids now to you're playing a sport to play professionally. No, you're playing a sport because you love it and you're having yeah. fun with it.
0: You know, the, the different generation now where we're seeing specialization and I was actually thinking about for I mean you were an unreal golfer I wish I had that I'm trying to pick up golf. by the way right now <laughs> bachelor party played some rounds yeah. not my best showing <laughs> and I'm more pissed because I lost um our our match not against you but I'm a competitor yeah. it sucked an equal match too an equal it was an equal it was match an equal match it was an equal match uh but the putter wasn't there nor was the irons <laughs> or the driver uh, I'm not bitter about it but
1: so Everything else was there. Though.
0: Anything else was there. But, I mean, for me, your thought wasn't to your point. Your thought wasn't on that. So, touch a little bit on how valuable it was to be involved with other sports.
1: Yeah, I loved – I mean, one of my favorite sports is obviously golf too, but, you know, basketball. I love playing basketball. Uh, I was terrible in high school at it, but I loved well, it's playing Well, because you it.
0: didn't want to go and play defense. Right.
1: You just you find your corner spot. Yeah, find my corner spot me. and shoot it. Yeah. And if, yeah, if you don't pass it, it's your fault. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I loved – I love that. Like I love competing in different ways. I love being on a basketball team. I loved just football. Just all the different sports that you could play. And um, yeah, I feel like everything now is so specialized. You have to play one sport. There's no off season. You have to train for. It. You have to play club. You have to play high school. Like It's those are some of my favorite memories on the basketball team, and you know, football, and and just all those different sports that. Sure, I wasn't trying to go pro. I wasn't trying to go college. I wasn't even doing it because I was good at it. I just did it because I had so much fun with it and loved it and love competing in different ways and, and being a part of different teams and different athletes. And um, you know, I just I feel like now that all that stuff's getting taken away from kids because they're trying to once again play professionally at thirteen years old.
0: Yeah, we're setting <laughs> you wanna set high expectations. or shouldn't say you wanna you wanna have high goals, mm-hmm. but then the expectations become so high that you're forgetting about the process. Sure. And tell you what, that causes a lot of anxiety. I was a very anxious person, and some people would argue that I'm still an anxious person <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. That's probably why I have a little bit of tequila to calm the nerves <laughs> uh, on the rocks with the lime, if you guys wanted to know my order. But the adjustment period to go back now to college, because this is kind of where... It's a, it's, a, it's a tough time to just be a, a kid at that age because you're going from high school to college, new environments, you're on your own. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you're trying to figure out yourself as a player. I mean, well, what did you notice? Because I, I saw some adjustments, but from yourself, your freshman, the sophomore, to even junior year, you know, what did you find out about yourself?
1: I found a lot of things. One, I, I found that you know, I, I was finally on a true weightlifting regimen. You know, I I felt like I I came in at, you know, six four, six five, two ten, And by my junior year, I was six four, two thirty five. Um, yeah. And, but I was faster. I was faster at the 60. I was stronger. I mean, I could jump higher. Just, I was learned how to be an athlete and I learned how to grow into my body. And, um, and just so much of that, I feel like you miss, you know, if you, you make that jump to pro ball or you go somewhere where you don't play and you're not invested as much, but, um for me it was just growing into my body learning how to learning how to fail learning how to to play college baseball um catching up to the speed of the game just so many parts of that went into to each year um and and as you said learning how to be on your own learning how to to be a man and and everything so you know that's that's all stuff that's a part of that process that that goes by the wayside people don't think about yeah so a lot of what was the the the
0: ab movements the wabas yeah, the wab- <laughs> big wabas.
1: The wabas, all the punishment running, all that stuff just just builds character, makes there. you better,
0: <laughs> makes well, you better. Yeah, I mean it, it definitely bu- it built it builds some uh, some mental toughness. Yeah, uh, but they, they don't I don't want to fool anybody. You are not you are not built for speed. No, no offense. The jumping did not get that much better. It nah. went
1: from two inches <laughs> to four, and got a uh, credit card under it, so it did well, get a little better. Yeah,
0: a little bit. Oh, good, yeah. nice, proud of you. Well, we can test it out some days. But we can go back <laughs> to the gym. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and see what see what you can do. Mm-hmm. I actually went back the other day, and now that I'm you know done playing, I'm proud of myself. I actually got up there and dunked um, surprisingly, and then I got stuffed by the rim two times in a row. So, yeah. but if we're talking about baseball here. One for three is amazing. Yeah. Wish I did that a lot more. But <laughs> if I did that a lot more, I'd still be playing. <laughs> um, but so, talk me through then your sophomore to junior year. Your junior year came on a tear, mm-hmm. you know. No offense, you. I thought you were you were on your your way, but what you did was stupid. Yeah. The numbers were stupid. Did you get in, in a so much in a point where you got so in a role that you stopped thinking? Was it something that you had pressure going on because the draft itself provides pressure? Yeah. That I mean, you can say all you want. Hey, you're not thinking about pro ball at that point. Going into your senior junior season, that's on your mind. Yeah, for sure. So, like, what? What did you have to tell yourself so you didn't get too far ahead, and then how did you stay just hot?
1: Well, there were a couple things. Um, and number one, the biggest thing for me was was our team was really good, mm-hmm. and we were having a great time together. And you know, I went into a, a team that was you know didn't make the ACC tournament my freshman year, barely made a regional my sophomore year, and all of a sudden everything clicked. Yeah. So for me, it was it took all the the nervousness about the draft and everything, all the focus off that went out the window because I knew we had a chance to do something special. So for me, it was, let's win as many games as possible. Let's get to the college world series. And, you know, I think that made such a big difference when you put, you know, the excitement of winning, the excitement of helping your team out um, first. And so it takes all that pressure off because all you're trying to do is, is win and get to the college world series, you know, do something special. Um, So obviously I I got on a roll and, you know, it kind of took all that pressure off just, going out there, trying to win games, um, enjoying every bit of it. And, you know, obviously a couple of things clicked with my swing and um, I was able to put together a really good season, but I don't think that happens if, if we're scuffling or if we're, you know, don't have good team chemistry and, and all my focus is on the draft. Yeah, I
0: mean, that, so for everyone hearing that, is that I, this is coming from my own experience, I always felt it was so much easier to play when you're winning or when yeah. your goal is to go out there and compete for your team because once you take it about yourself, you're at you, it's already enough pressure. You already know the obvious, but I'm so glad you said that because I think so many people as part of this process forgets about why you're playing the game. Sure. It's a team aspect. You're going out there to try to kick the other team's ass and go out there and win the game. Right. And I'll tell you what, nothing is harder than going into a season where you're well out of contention, you have nothing to play for, and now you truly have to play for yourself. I yeah. mean we 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 that that's the hardest thing um, I personally feel like it's can deal with.
1: I think a lot of guys fight that when they first get into pro ball for the first time, you know, it's all of a sudden for me, it was, you know, I had one of the greatest, you know, college teams and like that I've been a part of and we did something special. We were pulling for each other and then you get to, you know, low A or high A your first year. And it's like, man, this is completely different. Like, guys are just trying to get moved up to double a guys aren't here to, to win this game. They, they could care less if we win a night. Yeah, no, and, no,
0: and a lot of people don't even care about, or you make the playoffs. Do we have to be here for longer? We've already been gone for months, right? So the whole perception changes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that gets lost. It's, it's such a hard, it's a hard concept when you grow up the entire way that you've played and then you get into a different, different level, but I'm glad that's what a lot of people, I feel like in general, going from college to pro ball uh, feel, but Hey, you know what? Great year. Got the pro ball. Uh, whole different world. You got whole to be in world. some great towns and experiences, <laughs> yeah. except the White Sox had some good spots.
1: Yeah, I was very fortunate. Our, our organization had from high A to the big leagues, it was uh, it was first class. Um, low a now is is first class but when i first got there it was, okay, it was a speci- oh yeah uh, it was a special special place um, woof talk talk <laughs> about woof so you want to go i mean my junior year at wake we just finished a 12 million dollar facility and it was like you know it was big league. and so i'm like okay get drafted i go to to low a i'm like okay you know it's professional baseball now I'm, it's gonna be oh, you nice. think it's it's yeah it's gonna we're be moving up in the world i'm moving up it's gonna be a step up and i walk in and it's about a fifty foot square foot room and steel lockers and you're right on top of the guy to your left and right and you know you got bugs flying in the shower. I'm like, all right. It's a rude awakening. <laughs> Maybe it's not a step up anymore.
0: No, I mean you go to Hagerstown. That might be Oof. ten steps down. Yeah. I did enjoy my time in Hagerstown mm-hmm. with the people went up. The stadium itself, know it has history. It's first got a lot first history. day in Hagerstown that I spent we it was thirty five degrees and we practiced. Went and take a shower the this is it's sold the bathroom systems are connected to the showers. Someone had used the bathroom. Perfect. Um had some issues and everything came up in the shower. You can use your imagination. <laughs> Safe to say the shower was not used. So there was more times that you we couldn't use the facilities. Right. Uh probably gosh. for the best though. Probably. It was probably, probably for, for the You know best. what? You know his locker was right next to where all the commotion was? this guy's of course just wafting great <laughs> just great experience and but so the whole pro ball experience to your point you know i, I know you were always a guy who had a good eye had knew the strike zone mm-hmm. and obviously had pop in 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 the in college and you had the ability always did but i remember specifically for you in high a you know it was coming back from injury trying to find yourself yeah. and Yes, you did hit the two home runs off of Mike Bauman saved your career. Saved my season. Save, Thanks, saved Mike. Save season, yeah. career. <laughs> um till this day, Mike takes credit for that, which if you don't know, Mike Bauman on the Orioles. Uh Gavin was coming back. You were you were struggling coming back from your injury. I right? was str-
1: I was struggling. I was, you know, it was right after the All Star break. Um I was barely hitting two forty, two fifty and came to what was that? Frederick? Frederick, F Town, baby. Yeah. And uh Good thing you're close with Mike and we're we're really close. Great guy, but yeah, he hit two home runs off him that night and kind of jump started my season. So Fred, still owe him a
0: lot. The Frederick Freds, man. I mean, you just you just love playing anything related to the Baltimore Orioles, <laughs> and, and you make it known. But yeah, you, but then to so that rest of the year, I remember you got high and you ended up hitting almost 300 from mm-hmm. close to that. But then it still didn't seem like it was enough, right? You know, and I remember you were frustrated by you had the success and you still felt like you wasn't. You weren't getting the recognition, and you weren't feeling like you were moving. So what adjustment did you focus on then that offseason? Because they essentially were saying, hey, this is great, but we want more. We want, we want to see what your position that you're playing. We want to see a different level of production.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, from both our dads always told me, you know, the first thing you do in pro ball is you learn how to hit. You know, you have to be able to hit. Power comes last. You know, you learn how to be a good hitter. Learn how to be a professional hitter with a wood bat, like, facing – Velocity you've never seen before, and and that was it. You know, I hit 300 in high A, but I felt like I had a terrible season. You know, I had guys coming in to work with me, guys trying to teach me how to hit for power, and it's like I know how to hit for power, but you know, I was just trying. I was learning how to hit. I was learning how to adjust this level, and um, so there was definitely a lot of frustration. Uh, obviously, the position I played, being a first baseman now outfielder, but um, you know, you you have to produce. You have to hit home runs. You have to yeah. drive RBIs and. And so that offseason, that was my main goal. Is like, how can I learn, how can I focus on putting off my best swing every time with intent to do damage? And that was the biggest adjustment. I mean, obviously, training increased, tried to get stronger. You know, I wanted to, to have more room for air to put the ball the ballpark. But, you know, it was just kind of saying, all right, they don't want average, clearly, um, but they want home runs and, and production. And, and so that was what I put my full emphasis on was, you know, every day in the cage, how do I get my A swing off? How do I... Hit a breaking ball with my A swing. How do I hit a live fastball with my A swing? Um, And that was my main focus going forward.
0: So then, when you're saying that with the A swing, and so we'll get a little technical here, we can we can allow a little bit of that. Right. But so, I mean, in the cage, we talk about the A swing. We we were trying to hit breaking balls. We're just trying. what, What drills were you trying to work on?
1: So I was trying to really train myself to catch the ball in front. You know, the only way to get the ball in the air is to catch it out in front. So how can I catch the ball in front with you know a 95 mile hour fastball? How can I do that? maximize every opportunity to catch the ball in front or breaking balls, catch the ball in front and drive it to center field, left center, right center for power. Yeah. Um, you know, where I was a low line drive, not a high swing and miss, not a high strikeout guy. Um, I realized that that wasn't as important as it was to start driving the baseball. And so that was what I trained to do. You know, if it was not, not quite all or nothing, but certainly getting close to where, okay, you know, I need to really be taking my shots, until two strikes, but really get after it and then try to do some damage.
0: Okay, it's good to know. I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I've heard the games changed so much from the last ten years, where and even last twenty years, where so many players like the emphasis growing up. I remember it was especially when you're you're younger. It's like you want to you want to you want to hit home runs. I mean, you want to hit yeah. extra base hits, but it always was. Oh, what was your average? What would you hit? Oh, I hit. You know, in high school, it's like you hit over four hundred. Yeah. Great you know, but now you get the pro ball,
1: you at 220 and 40 bombs. Yeah. Now it's, what's your OPS? You know, what's your slugging? What's your on base? What's your slugging? And, and I, I get it now, you know, a single, a single shouldn't count the same as a home run or a single shouldn't count the same as a double. And that's why you have OPS now for slugging. And, and so when you get into that and you get into the new age baseball, I know our dads are, you know, not always for it and not always
0: it's a little more hard headed on it. it, a little it's,
1: bit. It's a lot, a little more the old school. So it's it's an adjustment for for us and for our mentality, and um, but it starts to make sense. You know, what am I if I get on first base? How am I going to help the team? I, you know, I'm not going to steal second, so I need to get on second base, driving runs, you know, hit the ball to the ballpark, and um, you know, a single is not going to really help us that much. So once you start to understand that and you, you understand what the team's looking for, I feel like it's easier to, to shape who you are as a player.
0: It's a good point. The I will say it is. If you get four hits in every game, though, I don't care if they're they're blue, blue poop shoots, yeah, whatever you want to call down the line. Actually, your first hit down the line, left field line, the line, there it is. Those count. I want to go back real quick? Voices in your head during the season, and for that year, and I know it was a lot. I mean, we we I already fight my own inner demons, That's and right. I know you do. Having one, two, three, four, six other people come in and talk to you constantly, yeah. Did you find yourself being overwhelmed, or how do how do you how are you able to calm your mind in those situations so you don't feel like it's
1: too much? I did, and I think that's the biggest thing I've learned over you know my four years in pro ball, five years in pro ball, leading up to the big leagues was the art of saying no, the art of saying thank you but this doesn't work. Um, when I first got the pro ball, it was I was trying to please everybody, every hitting coach, every coordinator, everybody. I respected them, so I wanted to do exactly what they told me. I wanted to try it. And then I started to realize that every person is telling me something different. They're all trying to get a good result. You know, they all mean it in a good way.
0: Yeah, the intentions are good. The
1: intentions are good, but they also want to be that guy that that gets me to the big leagues. You know, if I say one thing to him, it might click, it might not. But, you know, if I can be the guy that got him to the big leagues, um, you know, that helps them out as well. So for me, it was learning how to say no. Like, hey, I I appreciate it. I understand what you're saying, but I don't think that's going to work for me. And that's the biggest thing I've learned over my time in the, the pro ball to the big leagues is that everything doesn't work for everybody. You know, you have to know yourself as a hitter. You have to be your own best coach because, you know, I've I'm hit for 24, 25, 60 years now. And, you know, I, I know my swing better than anybody. And you have yeah. to be able to, to own that. And because at the end of the day, you know, I remember someone telling me this, at the end of the day, it's not their baseball card. At the end of the day, it's your baseball card. It's your numbers. It's, it's your career. You know, do you want to go? at the end of your career and say, "Huh, you know, it didn't work because that guy tried to doesn't affect that guy at all." No. Like he was trying to help, but it didn't work for you, so why did you keep doing it? Um, so that was the biggest thing I learned was just be your own best hitting coach and, you know, learn how to respectfully say no. Isn't that like a life lesson though, too? Is that I'm terrible at this. You can ask Jamie about it. I'm
0: terrible <laughs> at saying no sometimes. Yeah. But to your point in, for baseball, I mean, you've been You've been your coach. You're the only one that's yeah. been present for everything. If you think about it that way, you're the only person each and every day when you go on the only con- constant thing that's happening is that you are always there. Other people are going to come and go, mm-hmm. but you're the one that always has to do it. And that's to your point. And, and for life as well, I mean, that's, that's the same way. Like, I, 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 I'm glad you brought in that. Now it's like it's opening up my mind here of so much I feel that we want to try to Be respectful and change for others, which you should be respectful. Not going out there and say to, "Don't do that." If if someone is disrespecting you, then gloves are off. You do what you need to do.
1: It's respectfully saying no. Respectfully Respectfully saying no. no. Yeah, but
0: you gotta look out for your best interest. And there's a difference between your between being selfish and doing the best for best thing for yourself. Absolutely. You know. So, but I think that that gets tangled in there, and I I always struggled with that because I always felt. Like, I was a terrible person by not listening, but I felt myself not trusting who I was. And it sounds like once you cut that off, you were able to not only yeah. figure out yourself more, but you had more confidence as a as a person. Well, and then,
1: you know, the more people you start to listen, the more people you start to rely on. Like, you don't rely on your own judgment. You don't rely on your own coaching, your own swing thoughts. So, you know, I found that, hey, if I can getting a good headspace somewhere where i can just be confident in what i believe in what i know is right what's worked for me over my career then you can start to listen to people in a different way and you can you know try to take things that might work that they're saying but at the end of the day you make the final judgment you know i don't want to have a bad month or a bad season and say man it's all because of that guy well it affects me it doesn't affect that guy
0: oh yeah well that's the thing you put other you you pass the blame on to somebody else you you deflect as, as well and and look, you know I'm the same way. I mean, I, even a little thing, except GPS is one thing I always plug in now I feel so reliant on that. but for that for that reason, I'll give that a pass because i I put GPS on for one reason, one reason only because late after games coming back, coming back from Frederick one time, didn't check because I'm like, I know the route, everything's fine. <laughs> Accident happened. I didn't get back till four in the morning and Perfect. I had to drive an hour back to Frederick at five to make the bus at 6 30 just slept there should have slept yeah pulled over on the side of the highway but <laughs> knowing me I'm, I'm a last minute guy sometimes i you as,
1: you're always early though
0: i'm always early always. you know it's okay <laughs> we'll go down member lane here for <laughs> just a second here so the other part of the whole gilman connection thing was i occasionally did not show up on time
1: No, you occasionally were on time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, however you want to word it, I actually think I remember you saying you would look,
0: what was it, you would look out. So to give people perspective, you have to park in the parking lots at the bottom of the school. You have to walk up these steps, up a hill, and then there's all the windows of the school
1: that can look out. And my first period class was looking directly at the student parking lot. So I could see every day, Ryan would be coming up, his big Raven's coat, his magical lunch box. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen. and He'd be jogging at about 9 o'clock every day coming up the hill. <laughs> I just, I good would time. love watching him see coming up, you know, 45 minutes late every day. That hey. was the highlight of my first period. Well, you're
0: good. that's that's why I'm here to bring it. You know, it, it was funny. Well, not really funny at the time, but then your dad would be up in his office on the other side because you could also see it from where the gym is. <laughs> and he would try to quiz me like, hey, what time did you get here? <laughs> first period, go okay. I'm like, yeah, it went great. You know, yeah, calculus was, best, was class off, of the day. So yeah. best class of the day. Learned a lot. Yeah. Well, really, and then he would get on me, reprimand, and then like on he, consolation because of the lunchbox. He, if I gave him a little something,
1: he would right, give him a cookie. He'd be like, "Oh, yeah. good calculus class today. Yeah,
0: you're gonna hear a lot about this lunchbox. I, I was very spoiled as a kid. It was not a, it was not a lunchbox. It was a cooler full of everything that you could find at the grocery store, but it was delicious. But my teammates benefited, and my coach, absolutely, um,
1: and teachers, and everybody.
0: Yeah, it, it was called the Magic Box. Anyway, we got we got way off track from all that. But above, above all, with all that stuff, trusting yourself, growing into yourself. You can grow out of old habits like I did with that. Yeah. Still late to some things. But trust yourself. Be confident yeah. because that's going to help you get to the next level. I think one of the cooler things, though, in the pro ball experience, at least for me, was that we finally got to play against each other. Yeah. and. Not even playing against each other, we got to be in the same cities mm. and, and bop around. So this was in 2021, and we're in Charlotte and Norfolk, and uh, yeah. I mean, another great city for you to be in, Charlotte. Charlotte was a lot of fun. Oh my goodness, uh, that is. But so, like, that's a great place also for distractions. And this is, you know, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I love baseball, but baseball sucks mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, baseball can be the absolute worst, where you can do everything right. <laughs> And feel terrible, yeah, for weeks. Yep. Or you can just do everything wrong and still feel terrible. There's only, or then the small amount where you feel terrible and you get lucky. Somehow you
1: get hits. Somehow. Those are the best. Never makes sense, but sometimes. But then we have
0: superstitions, and you go out and do stuff, and so uh, just touch on a little bit. I mean, how much needing to break away from the field? I mean, we had those moments, which is awesome. I mean, for me or for you, bad game. All right, hey, let's let's meet up for absolutely for, from food or drink after the game.
1: Absolutely, I, I think you have to have that. You know, when you become consumed with with baseball and you know what your average is and what you do that night, and it kills relationships. It it, it kills your your mental. I mean, it, it just it knocks out everything. And so for me, it was you know what I've learned is being able to leave what happens at the field of the field. You know, there's still now I have a wife, so now I got to go home and be a good husband. I mean, all that stuff, if you don't leave that at the field, you know, if you go for four and you bring that home, and, you know, she didn't go for four. She didn't. She certainly didn't make me swing at the pitch in the dirt or do anything like that. So if you start bringing that home, I mean, it just it, it ruins relationships. And, um, yeah, whenever you came to Charlotte, I loved it. Like, you know, being able to go out after, you know, just being a normal human being outside of baseball is is such, such a relief during the season. Like, you have to do that stuff. You have to get out and – you know, live a life. Um, you know, it's not just being consumed at the field all day.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it is. It's our livelihood. It's the career. But w- with everything you do, you get you can get burnt out. You know, Easy. and I mean, we talked about it. Going after a season ends and you go home, you love the sport, but you need a break. It's yeah. it, it's growing. I mean, think about this in the context for if, when we speak it out loud. I mean, you're leaving. You're leaving soon. You're going to spring mm-hmm. training. You're gone at minimum eight months. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, put that in perspective. You are not coming back home for eight months out of the year. And that's a completely different schedule. You were living two separate lives. And was that ever that part? Did you feel comfortable with it? Was your, was your dad able to give you kind of advice on any of that? Cause um, Calvin gave me some advice, but it's until you kind of walk the walk, you won't really, Yeah, exactly. you won't really, it won't fully resonate.
1: Right. You, you know, you hear stories, you, you understand what it is, you know, you, you see the schedule. It's like, oh, okay, you know, I'll be away. I'm going to be on the road for 50% of it. And, you know, you hear that and you hear how to handle it. But until you get into it and until you live that lifestyle, you really don't understand it. You don't understand the August grind, the dog days, of August, the September, like all that stuff doesn't make sense until you go through it. So, I mean, for us, we hear stories about it. We know what to expect, but until you feel the way your body feels when you walk into a clubhouse in August and you pick up a bat to hit for the first time in August and your hands hurt your body hurts everything hurts. nothing feels good nothing feels good but it still counts the same as when you feel really good I mean that's that's all the stuff that you can be prepared as much as you want but until you experience it I think that's you know what minor leagues is so good at is sure you you learn how to be a hitter you learn how to be a pro baseball player but you learn how to handle that stuff before you get to the big leagues
0: yeah I mean, you have to because once you're up there, it's even more of a the business wise. You either cut it or you don't. And most
1: important days are in August and September. I mean, the, yeah, our if, playoff if you're tra- if
0: you're and talk about with winning again, it's not only is it a livelihood for the teams, but all the fan bases that you have to win. If you're with the White Sox, you guys, it's your goal. Anything else than competing for a World Series right now, it, it's irrelevant. You those
1: games matter. It's games are the most important games that you play. I mean, you know, it was cool to see Baltimore experience it this year and get back in the hunt and. Get those young guys feeling, you know, because I got to feel it my rookie year was what does a playoff race feel like? What does being in first place feel like? And for Baltimore and, you know, Adley and Ryan and those guys this year feeling, you know, what's it like to be in a chase? What's it like to try to win a pennant? Um, That's when you learn, you know, the kind of baseball player. That's when you see, okay, who can handle August and September the best? And that's what, you know, Houston right now does it better than anybody.
0: H-Town, you you can hate Houston all you want, but they're pretty damn good yeah and they know what they're doing You're touching on your your first year is funny that's first off well almost you didn't get your first call up because i didn't catch you when you <laughs> fell over which i still to this day wasn't my fault but i felt so bad about that because it was as you talked, should no but it was talked into it i mean playing the game context playing a game in norfolk Gavin's playing first, and we're, we're chirping back and forth. Norfolk's dugouts, first base side. And Gavin's talking about his athletic prowess. <laughs> and again, we're talking about the, that vertical leap that he has, doesn't have. But he's, what was the reference? You said something along the lines of... Well,
1: I said, you know, I look over at first base, and for some reason, it's old stadium, so the dugout is you know, only two feet, three feet high. The, the fence right there blocking us. I'm like, you better catch me when I go catch this ball in the dugout on this next play. And you're sitting there, oh, I'm, I'm not going to catch you. I'm not going to catch you. I was like, all right. I was honest about that. I said, I will not <laughs> you catch were, you. We found out a couple of pitches later, oh, you were very honest about that.
0: I swear you said, I'm going to Superman dive over and catch it, <laughs> and you're going to catch me. But yeah, I was about a seven-foot drop. Yeah. And I remember my heart stopped, and but you were fine. I think you're kind of milking it because then you went deep or something. the Next day you came back.
1: I just wanted to get a DH day the next day.
0: Yeah, that's all you wanted. <laughs> play the card, but then yeah. right after that, right, is when you got the the initial call up. Yeah, I got the
1: initial the 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 uh, false so, po- false positive COVID test call up. Oh God.
0: Yeah. So t- so imagine that that experience. we're talking about everything you're fighting for. You're so excited and. So in that case, everyone makes a big deal about it. And then you go up there and you don't play.
1: Yeah, I was up there for, for two days. Um, you get the call. It's like, man, I'm making my de- debut tomorrow. You know, you call your grandparents, you call your parents, you call your family, friends. It's all over Twitter. It's all over Instagram. Like, he's getting called up. Get up there. Super excited. Um, but it never felt right when I got up there. Like, some people didn't know I was coming. Some people were like, who are you here for? Sure enough. That was good. Yeah, sure enough. There was a, a, a false positive COVID test and I was there for two days, never played, got sent back down right after, and it was like, okay. Uh not the debut I was expecting. And is... you're almost like apologizing to your friends and that, that know you got called up. 'cause you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going back down. Sorry. Sorry, sorry I didn't play. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, how was it? Yeah, yeah. It's a very awkward. Oh, are you playing? Well, no, I'm I'm back in Charlotte. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Like, it's just, it's an awkward, uh, <laughs> awkward exchange, but um, it all worked out. You know, yeah, got then called back up. finally got called back up, and, and that like was a week real later. Thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, talking about being a hitter. The first one, this little poop shoot down the line, bloop ball. It was hit well. Bloop. Yeah, smoked. <laughs> smoked about 150 feet, right yeah. down, perfectly placed. Perfectly
1: down, left field line off Maeda. And uh, yeah, getting that out the first first at bat was awesome feeling. Where's that ball? It's in. Right in my family room at my house. Uh, right. I got that first RBI and the first home run hey. all together. So,
0: wait, so the first home run, were you obviously able to get it back?
1: Yeah, so I had to make a little trade. Um, some guys stepped up for me because obviously, you know, my stuff wasn't as important to some of the fans as Tim Anderson and, you know, Luis Robert and those guys' stuff. Nice. So, so, TA stepped up and signed a bat for the guy, and, you know, I signed a ball just in case he just wanted in that. Case. Right. Well, hey,
0: you know, when this year he'll be saying, I got that ball. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how that works, but it's those little memories to look back on, but you're touching on it. Like, everything kind of went well for you to go up there that first year. I mean, I know once you got up there, but it was exciting. You yeah. were having all the success. Mm-hmm. You're in the playoffs. Um, guys, not an ideal playoff uh, record. Yeah. Not Or not. not uh, performance. Yeah. Wrong word. Performance was subpar. Uh, you played well. Yeah. But, I mean, that was still fun. I mean, that was like, exciting. You got you, you went deep in the playoffs, yeah. too?
1: It was, uh, you know, you always dream of – it's funny. My dad played eight years in the big leagues, and he never played in the playoffs. And I got to do that it my crazy. first first rookie year. Um, and it's something that – same thing as we were talking about earlier. Until you're in that moment, you don't understand what it's like. You know, getting into the playoffs was – seeing grown men that were veterans – be amped up and nervous, and you could see the nerves for game one of the playoffs, that was that was pretty special. Yeah. Um, you just understood everything meant more at that point. Um, you know, we played in Houston to open up the first two games. Um, first game was tough, second game was really close. They came back and beat us. And then coming home for game three and playing in the blackout Sunday night in Chicago, um, it, it's, it's something I'll never forget. You know, the atmosphere there, we hadn't had a playoff game at home in a while. And the crowd that came out that night, all blacked out Sunday night baseball, seven o'clock like, to start that game and, and be in the DH role that night was, um, one of the coolest experiences, baseball experience I've ever had. That's and I don't good. think it's anything close. Yeah.
0: Goosebumps feeling that's, that's like what everything, what you dream of. I'll, I'll, I'll pivot to this then when you came up I mean what were your emotions when you're going through it? Is it, was it what you thought? Was it what you dreamed? Were you scared? Were you nervous? Did you feel, ready
1: i felt ready um it, it was a combination of all that you know you're excited you're nervous um just every emotion that you could possibly have is rolling that game and for me it was funny you know i got called up play first base my whole life called up play right field in my big league yeah, debut. You yeah and so it was almost nice when i got into the patters box is when i truly felt comfortable it's like i was so nervous in right field that game you know being up in the big leagues you know first season playing outfield again and so like when i walked up to home plate it's like okay i know what to do here like i know i feel confident here i feel comfortable here and so i feel like that almost helped me in game one my my debut to get a couple hits to feel comfortable because that was like that was my comfort box
0: yeah well yeah, i mean that that's the crazy thing it's still the same box still the same plate yeah. still the same distance but everything's different everything's but, bigger but, everything's yeah everything's bigger everything matters more, more. Every, everything's better pays better, pays way better than minor leagues, which that's been going through a lot right now, mm-hmm. of course, get out of pro ball and now they're paying for housing and paying for all yeah, the other stuff the wrong Naturally, time. it's it's just how it goes, but now you're going to the year two, and you always thought that I was hating on the White Sox, which I never was hating on the white sox, yeah, ever since you've become you know
1: the the podcast guy and everything. It, all I see is what's wrong with the White Sox. So well, I, I, mean, I had to check you a couple times to well, make what, sure. Well, what was sure wrong with the friends? White Sox? I'll tell you what, you know, <laughs>
0: the Indians who they got some young guys, young studs, but I mean, they weren't supposed to do that. That was mm-hmm. supposed to be your division, but the, all the expectations you got, this was supposed to be the team that was possibly going to be a world series contender. Yeah. You know, if you, I don't know if you have any memory stories of just what, what, what was the feeling? Like what, what, I was gonna say what went wrong, but what went right? It feels it was like. it wasn't, uh, didn't feel like there was a ton of things that went right.
1: Yeah, it was it was a weird weird season. Um, you know, I felt like you look around the clubhouse. there's obviously some injuries. You know, we always said even till August and September, like we're gonna click. It's gonna yeah. click. It's gonna we're gonna get rolling. And when it yeah. gets rolling, like it's gonna I, be scary. And I did say that.
0: I said it just feels like they're gonna take over. We're on the same page.
1: Yeah, and, and so. Um, we just never, every time we felt that spark, every time we got going, we couldn't keep it rolling as long as we needed to. Um, and you know, you finish 81 and 81, which everybody says the worst record ever, because either got to be in a rebuild low or you got to be up up above it 500. But I'm excited for this year. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, people are giving us an F in off season and, um, you know, but we really we still have the same team. Obviously we lost Jose Bray, who's a great mentor to me. And, you know, one of my favorite teammates ever and an unbelievable player, but we still have the same team that was just rated to win a world series the year before. And, you know, we haven't gone anywhere. And obviously last year didn't go the way we wanted to, but we still got a shot to be really good. And, you know, it's almost better to, I feel like when you have a team full of talent that has a chip on their shoulder, I feel like that's a dangerous team. And, um, the Indians had – or the Guardians had their, their chip on the shoulder last year and they played well and they did everything they had to do. But, you know, this year it's going to be us with a chip and um, that that can be a scary combination.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's the Guardians. I keep thinking – you know, I, we're getting back down memory lane. I don't know why. I just went back to this with postseason and AL Central. I remember – or AL Central, I don't know if it was at the time, but it was the Indians at the time playing the Orioles. And talking about postseason stuff, I, I remember that was a year – I mean. Think about that, my dad played 21 years and yeah. only went to one World Series and and went to the playoffs the first couple of years. And then that brief that period when your dad was there never had the experience. Yeah. And then again, so it's hard. But I mean, to your point, if you have the same guys and you're at the same point, I mean, you guys are my favorite to win. So don't don't let me down <laughs> uh, to win the AL Central. I don't. I got to think about who I was going to win the the title. I'm always rooting for the Sox, but I'll say there's one thing that always comes to mind. <laughs> No matter what happens is you were going to play well in Baltimore, wherever that's going to be. (laughs) You went deep here the first time you played. You then last year, the series, I think you hit 800. And I remember talking to your dad, and this is about the whole, and I know you guys saying it hit home runs. You went like, yeah, you went like eight for 12. Mm -hmm. And then I remember saying to him, like, yeah, gas seeing well. And he's like, well. It'd be
1: nice if one of those could be a home run. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden the average guy wanted a home run. Yeah, the average guy <laughs> wanted the home run. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man. Yeah. He, he just lit him up. Take what you can get. Right.
0: Everyone, but I mean, is that, did you, was that, do you just love playing here so much or was there extra incentive because you're home and it's kind of, not that you're proving anything against the Orioles, but you come home and you want to put on, I don't know, kind of a show?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously growing up, the Orioles were my team. You know, I felt like I was a huge Orioles fan, obviously growing up you know, with my dad and um, just loving the Orioles, going to Kevin Yards is where my love for baseball started. And so growing up, you know, when I started to get in to, you know, I got a shot to play professional baseball, I was hoping the Orioles were going to draft me. And I, I always felt like I never got looked out by them. I never got a shot by them. You know, I always played well when they came to watch me play, but they just didn't want me, which fine. But, you know, I always had that chip on my shoulder just because – I knew my love for Baltimore and, and the Orioles, and growing up, and um, I was definitely hurt by the lack of interest that I had from them. You know, I felt even in college. You know, I remember their scouting director telling my dad, "Man, every time we come to see him, he he goes deeper. He has a game like this where I hit like two home runs. Yeah. And It's like, okay, well, why aren't so... you? Are you just purposely not going after?" So, you know, that I, I've always had that in the back of my mind. Um, but now at this point, like in the white socks where i want to be chicago is incredible and i'm in the big leagues with chicago and you know couldn't be happier yeah, but life changes but when i come to baltimore i definitely you know there's still that stuff in the back of your mind but it's also coming to camden Yard, seeing senior friends having family and just the support group that comes out you know hundreds of people that you know that say hi to you that you know root for you in, in your home away from home um that's always pretty special and, and yeah. so it's definitely a a comfort level, um, just a fun week in general, being here, getting to see family, sleeping in your beds sometimes yeah. one night, which is awesome um, home cooked meals so it's just it just uh you know goes back to to leaving baseball at the field and just being able to to kind of feel at home again
0: yeah i mean that's the thing it's and I think it's that everyone is th- in life is you know just because no one it's frustrating we want we want to feel valued, we want to feel. Yeah. That if we likes if we want something, we like something that you hope that, that you have that aspiration that, that works out for you. But in life it doesn't. Right. You know, in this case would have been a great story, but that's how the business was. But you didn't use that as a you didn't look at that as a negative then, you use it as motivation. You use sure. it as a positive.
1: Sure. And now, I mean, it's 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 not even the same people that are in charge now. I mean, no, Elias and all those guys weren't even there. But yeah, I still hold it against them. Just oh, ca- just so that when hey, I show so, up there, just so you
0: know, when I come through, I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep raking <laughs> right. here.
1: So, right. The people that were before you, they made me mad, and so I still hold it against you guys. But um, but no, I mean, I, to be in Chicago and and playing the playoffs, rookie, all, all that stuff, like it's it's the journey has been way better than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. But. You know, to always have stuff like that in your mind that that brings the best out of you. Yeah, nothing wrong with that.
0: No, I mean nothing wrong with it, and it's encouraged, <laughs> It's endorsed, and, and you know, I just it, it just reminds me. It's just like in in life, and now because me being out of baseball, and in realizing just it's always when you kind of look back. There's so many moments of being discouraged, mm-hmm. and you can even look at it from feeling like a team that doesn't want to draft you, or you finally get to a certain level and you still don't feel like you're valued, or even like. You know, last year, you're in the big to start the year, and then you have to get reset. You get sent yeah. back down, and that obviously doesn't feel good. Yeah. But you didn't let that stop your overall plan, and that's why you're accomplishing what you're doing now. Um, you know, is there anything that you told yourself when those moments got maybe a little bit tougher, a little bit more frustrating? And because we're human, I mean, you could say all you want that, like, oh, no, it didn't really bother me. Like, Stuff bombs. Yeah,
1: April and May were definitely the two two hardest months of baseball I've ever had in my career. And, you know, from college, high school, early stages of pro ball, like everything, nothing compared to that. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to have that early in your career, right? You know, there's – you know, what I told myself was, you know, when I felt like I hit the lowest of lows in terms of my performance, everything, I was like, you know, you can do one of two things. You can shut it down now and, you know, never get – like I got called – sent down for, you know, a week and a half, and I was like, I can – I can never go back up to the big leagues again because, you know, I just shut it down. I was like, or I can go back up and, you know, only take off from here. Like just learn from this. And uh, it was awesome. I actually had a conversation with your dad. We talked for about probably an hour. And he was like, one thing that still stuck with me is, you know, he's like the player you are in April and May is not the player you are in September. And he's like, you know, baseball is a marathon. And if you let April and May, a scuffle or whatever, there affect who you are in September by the time that time the season comes, he's like, that's your fault, you know. Um, So you always have the ability to turn your season around. And that still sticks with me. And, you know, I appreciate him talking to me for that long of time, but, you know, he's so right. And that's what, you know, I went down hitting 200 and um, came back up and and caught on fire and and finished the season, you know, relatively well. Um, And all that's because, you know, I just made the decision that, you know, I was going to try to go up from there. I was going to try to learn from it, try to build off of it, and um, make some adjustments, and and hopefully, you know, set my career off. Yeah. So you, to to summarize, it you
0: didn't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. You were frustrated. It was disappointing, but you did not lack confidence in yourself. You still believed in yourself, and then you were willing to put in the work. You were yeah. going to grind. You were going to. That's what you got to do. I mean, and I had to fake it. I mean, there
1: were days where I was like, you know, I am. Tell. I was t- mentally telling myself like. I couldn't get a hit if I tried, yeah, and so, so I had. You're to, having
0: that battle. It inside. was like faking it, like just yeah. like,
1: oh, you're a good player. Like you've got just continuously trying to tell myself that just to get me out of it. Um, until you start to put the results in, and then once the results come, then you can actually start to you know really feed off of that. But there are days where it's just continuously trying to tell myself, you know, just positive, positive, positive feedback, positive. because you know it was, it was in a rut. And every every baseball player's been there. Every guy hits a different part of their career. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, I think to, to hit that early on and learn how to deal with it. Yeah, I man, I, I wish that I was better with that. I wish that I understood how to handle
0: the negativity. And for me, it's kind of, I always struggle with that expectation, especially growing with, with the family, that I felt like I always had to do more and never was good enough. And and I it's something I hate moving forward, or that I did when I played. But now moving forward, to your point, you got to if, if you don't trust yourself, you know who who who's going to trust you? Yeah. If you can't if you can't put out there for yourself that you can go out there and put your best foot forward, and even tell yourself, I, one of the funniest stories, and I think it's just from what I heard is Dustin Pedroia's story. Or maybe I told you this about BP. Is that Dustin Pedroia had the worst BP? <laughs> like he was getting it off the fist. I think he broke a bat. Nothing was. It was just you know flaring balls. He came up to say hi to I forget who it was. And he went up and was like, yeah, did you see that BP? And before, they said, <laughs> well, yeah. And then he goes, you know, I was killing it. He goes, I was hitting laser beams left and right. Like, yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm awesome. I'm on it. And then, and then the guys were like, sure, sure you are, Dustin. Yeah, you looked locked into that. And so I, I wish that story is confirmed, so maybe you can get Pedroia on it to talk about that at some point. But that, that's the mindset right there.
1: Yeah. Faking it. Fake it till you make it.
0: Yeah, that's a better one than telling yourself it's terrible. And I did a lot of those. I'm terrible. I I went down the rabbit hole and and you know jumped in the harbor with my thoughts. And I, <laughs> but but looking back, it, it's it makes you miserable. And yeah. like so glad you touched on that. I'm excited to see what's going to happen for you guys in year three. I, I really do. It, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, just because we're getting close to wrapping up here, with the whole off season things you move on. I mean, we're talking about all this baseball stuff, but. You know, what do you do to try to, you know, we, we, we love the Ravens.
1: Love we the Ravens. love
0: the team. First off, is Lamar staying or what? I think so. Yeah. He's, he's gotta be.
1: I think so. I think he stays. Um, I know the guys on the team want him to stay. He's a great player. You know, I don't know if we can give him the fully guaranteed contract the way he plays, but I think, I think he stays. I think like he stays it. for at least another year.
0: You can't see him without it. I mean, we, we've, keep the baltimore connection here and we love to go down we love to do the tailgates we like to have the whole experience we've had a long a lot of long mornings days nights uh you know what what are other things you really look forward to when you have you know gav time
1: so i love obviously you said earlier golfing um yes i mean the off seasons golf season right i mean it's it's what i get into right when i get back Um, what's
0: the what's the lowest temperature you would are willing to play golf Say it's, say it's sunny.
1: With no wind?
0: With, okay, we'll do wind and no wind.
1: Okay, with wind, I, I give you 40 degrees. I get 38 degrees. I can get out there and play happily. Happily? Happily. Good group. It's all about the group. If, you have, right. good, if you have a good group. If you have with, good people, around, if you have good people you, around you, a good game going on, yeah. I'll definitely, I mean, maybe in 35.
0: Good good people <laughs> around you makes life better. Makes better. golf better. Makes
1: golf better, life better. But if Keep it's that windy, life Life better, good people. <laughs> If we get some wind, you're going to have to bump the, the temperature up for me because wind, I don't enjoy. Wind and rain. Wind gets cold, so I'll go 48. 48, specific.
0: 50. I'm glad you gave that. 48, <laughs> it's a better. I'm
1: just thinking when you look at your Google weather and you say, all right, 48, 10-mile-an-hour ah, ah, winds, that's... You're right on it. That's right on it. it back to the group. Who's playing?
0: Who's playing? <laughs> Who's there? Are we Oh, have a this go? guy's okay. playing? I'm
1: out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's playing? I'm done. Jim, I'm not. Jimmy, I'm out. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, 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 so the golf, I'm with you, the golfing, but actually since you're talking about weather, baseball and weather, by the way, what's the coldest, what's the weather game for baseball where you're uh-huh. going? Cause that's a whole different level. I don't think if you haven't experienced, uh, hitting a baseball when it is, when you can't feel your hands, that is probably one of the worst feelings that I can imagine. Especially with me when you didn't hit it on the barrel. I did that quite a bit, shattered some bats.
1: Yeah, speaking of April and May.
0: um, You were never a good good starter to begin with.
1: And that's the worst part about Chicago is, you know, April and May, it's cold, cold, cold. So um, you're trying to get things going. And it's you really appreciate the people that are playing in San Diego and L.A. and in domes uh, while we're in. You know, for some reason, we have the worst division for weather. But yet, no one has a dome. I don't understand how that works. But That's you know, great. you go to Minnesota and an on, a, game. on a balmy thirty-degree day, or Detroit, or Cleveland. Uh, those are all. None of those are exciting places to play in April and May.
0: Tell you what, it's not a place I'm no. looking to go travel. That's not where Minnesota you're vacationing is. in no, April and May. <laughs> no. Where do I want to go? You know what's great in April? Yeah, Detroit. Detroit, mm. perfect,
1: beautiful weather.
0: Oh, there's maybe six inches. Yeah. great. Yeah, Little Miss,
1: we'll be beautiful. There yeah bring your suntan lotion
0: <laughs> yeah so to, to your point then what's what's the word can you handle what 50 is 50 the cutoff or you think
1: for good baseball weather yeah it's probably the same as golf
0: oh i yeah really yeah because you just said you you just said right there with no wind you're saying 40 that is not good baseball weather
1: well yeah but when no wind. good you can layer up
0: you can layer up, but you still. I know it makes bat. good
1: stuff to layer up with. Yeah, they do. Well, good, see good guess. Yeah, see, see what you did there. <laughs> what did there? Shout no, out. I mean you can you can make stuff. You can make that work when it gets cold. We played a game in Wrigley last year uh, on Sunday night baseball, and it was the coldest, most miserable game I've ever. Somehow the place was sold out. It was rocking. That made it. Well, that that got... made it so much better.
0: Oh yeah, the, the but av- was, atmosphere makes the experience. It too. was
1: thirty degrees. It was sleeting. It was 30 mile an hour wins, 40 mile an hour wins. I mean, you you want to draw up the worst baseball weather possible, right there. That one, but it's the series. It's the the crosstown series. It's the big, you know, Cubs White Sox, and fans were loaded for it, so we were ready to go. But they were man, loaded
0: for a lot of reasons. Man,
1: they oh they had their alcohol blankets on. Yep. We did not. That's <laughs> what you need. But again, that's what
0: you need for the weather. But yes, baseball, you don't do that. You wait for after the game. Right.
1: Yeah, like, we. That's frowned upon when you do that, is it? Yeah. Before the game.
0: Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that.
1: But uh, fifty, I'll go fifty. That's that's a good day.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: That's better because
0: fifty, no wind. I agree with you. That's a that's
1: good. Let's go do it. Fifty
0: sunny, count me in. Anything below that, it's just and again maybe for me, it's just it, you know it is what it is. Um, but it's okay. Got through that. We'll see what happens with the Ravens. Let's just do a quick, quick uh, yeah. Let's do some quick hitters. Sorry,
1: tongue. Time. Hopefully, it goes better than that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I know, I know. <laughs> Usually, I'm a lot more together and I'm not so magoo, but yeah. I am magoo. Just kidding. So, let's just quick hitters right now. Maybe if you don't know, we'll move on. Place you really enjoy hitting besides Baltimore. We already covered that. You hit 900
1: here. Um, I enjoy hitting at Yankee Stadium. I think it's a great place to hit. Obviously, small hitter friendly dimensions. Um. Their pitching staff isn't fun to face, but no. I do like the atmosphere there, and I like hitting there. What about what about on your list to, to not go hit at? Oof, I'm not a big fan of Detroit. Well, well, I heard that. Yeah, it's, so just uh, not just the weather, and it's a big ball. I saw them moving the fence in, so that that's exciting. I, go. I got excited about that, but that is a big ballpark.
0: <laughs> well, well, that's good for you to know. Okay, so we talked a little bit. What was your favorite minor league spot? could be whether your locations or one of the best
1: charlotte charlotte, charlotte. and then nothing came close to charlotte i mean that's that deserves a, a big league stadium at some point i think
0: yeah i feel like they want to try to expand it feels like nashville and charlotte Charlotte,
1: and Nashville. i was gonna say nashville charlotte and nashville um those are two that blew everywhere else out of the water yeah it's a lot of
0: looking again to have a lot of distractions to get your mind off great cities to explore yeah. i remember even the ravens had a preseason game that turned into a great Great time, long time. Um, sure. I'm
1: sure you went for the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I did I did go for the game. The Ravens were undefeated in the preseason for like four <laughs> straight years. You kidding me? Should have put some money down. Um all right. So what about talk to me about, you yeah, know, we'll get off script here a little bit. Tom Brady just retired. hmm Do you think Tom is we've heard these conversations. It is, is Tom Brady the best quarterback of all time? Yes. Do, where does Aaron Rodgers go in this conversation so a lot of
1: people talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers good friend of both of ours Jimmy Jimmy Lambert he talks about this all the time he's an Aaron Rodgers fan um
0: doesn't show his bias at all doesn't
1: show it at all but it's you know the most winningest quarterback in NFL player in history it's it's Tom Brady you know what he does getting the ball in his hands down the end of the games it's hard as a Baltimore fan to say this but you know it's 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 gonna be sad not to see him go because even at 46 this year I thought he was gonna be able to you know, make the run at the end of the game against Dallas. Like it. it just felt like he was going to do it. I mean, it's he's defined time, but you still are like he's going to do it. Um, yeah. So it's going to be sad to see him go.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, and I I, th- I think he is from everything he's done, the longevity. And we talk about the longevity of sports. That's thing, he's 46.
1: We're talking about with baseball, with some now. of the best athletes in the world coming to kill him.
0: Oh my goodness! I mean, yeah. think, about, think about with with baseball right now. Our body is just trying to get through now. I mean. We're approaching mid to late twenties. Yeah, I'm already there. I mean, the body just—I'm already starting to feel it now. That guy was 46, getting smoked by a 300-plus pound lineman. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, well, he, he was great. And, and Jimmy, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. You can have you come on. Not part of the debate, but you can't—you can't keep giving the excuse for Aaron Rodgers. He's great. Tom Brady, come on. Just
1: we'll give Jimmy his his moment. Seven Super Bowls are a lot more than one.
0: Seven Super Bowls, some would say that's a lot.
1: Some would say that's a lot.
0: Some would say that's a <laughs> lot, and I know Aaron doesn't even have – well, actually, Aaron has the same amount as another Baltimore legend, Joe Flacco. Mm,
1: elite. elite. Elite, and probably
0: the best postseason from a quarterback in the history. Are we biased? Sure, but we're just following Jimmy's elite, lead.
1: Though. Um, though.
0: Last kind of nit, uh, tidbit, best piece of advice you've gotten with dealing with adversity.
1: Hmm. Um you know never change who you are and just always believe in yourself you know it's you, it doesn't matter where you get to you know i see guys get to to pro ball get to the big leagues everything and like try to change what got them there you know trust who you are be confident in who you are um there's a reason you got to every spot that you're in and you know trust in that work trust in the person you are the the work you've put in and um yeah don't change
0: that's a good point i mean- Again, you know life life gets older, you got to evolve, you got to get with the times, but we talked about trust who you are. Yeah. Cuz as soon as you start losing your trust, no one else can trust you on being That's right. Be the best version of yourself. All right. I think Jam, we got anything else to cover? Good. I think that's our wrap up cue, but Gav, it's always a pleasure. I'll fly out to Arizona on you and we will chat some more, Absolutely. maybe get some other guys opinions on yeah. some football matters, baseball, but look forward to it. Thanks for coming on. And uh, that's all we got.
1: Thanks for having me. It's awesome.